Pure Romance Consultant, Pure Romance by Esther. Make sure you guys check out my website at www.pureromance.com slash E-S-T-H-E-R. And also, make sure you guys tune in each and every Wednesday to Party Mode Live because guess what? During the Bedroom Talk segment, I will be giving out a special code for you guys to get a special discount when you shop with me. So make sure you guys are tuning in each and every Wednesday to Party Mode Live, the party before the party. I'm your girl, Justice J, also known as Pure Romance by Esther. DJ Rick Entertainment. Big sound, professional equipment, competitive pricing. Who else you gonna go with? DJ Rick can handle all your live sound needs at any event in the DMV. Large or small, indoors, outdoors, weddings, barbecues, and even your friendly neighborhood protests. You need an experienced and professional sound man? Call DJ Rick Entertainment. 202-749-7903. That's 202-749-7903. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I know what you're thinking. Man, DJ Rick got my man sounding so good. How can I live stream it on the internet? Well, guess what? DJ Rick offers live streaming services too. So you can Facebook and YouTube your event worldwide with full audio fidelity. Call DJ Rick Entertainment. 202-749-7903. Or send them an email, djrick4321 at gmail.com. That's djric4321 at gmail.com. Big Sal at competitive pricing. And now live streaming, DJ Rick Entertainment. Who else you gonna go with? Now to H2, yeah, yeah. Where's H2 at? I, I, yo, I'm gonna ask H2 was on the air with y'all, but I guess H2 is like the guy that's putting everything out. I, what position does H2 play with Party Mode Live? Yeah, that's, that's my question to you. He's the man behind behind the whole program. He's behind the scenes. He'll oh, pop so in a little later. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he stays behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Well, I call him H2. I know y'all call him. I know what y'all call him. But DJ Cool calls him H2 because Henry Hayes and it's two exactly. H's. And yeah, so, 
Yeah, there you go, yeah. Well, again, we'd like to thank you both for coming on to Party Mode Live and officially being the party before the Coming up next, you guys, I promised you all a great guest tonight, and that indeed is what we have. So, stack and check this out real quick because we have Chef Flavor. Go ahead, June. Chef is in the building. What's up, y'all? How you doing? My mouth was watering. What's going on, Chef? Hey, how you doing? How's everybody? We oh, are right. good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, chilling in the Florida heat, so to speak. <laughs> well, at least you don't have the humidity because we have nothing but humidity today. Oh, it's nothing but humidity here. It's not yeah. the same as here. I used to live in Florida. I know it's different. I I've lived, okay. I was born and raised here in Maryland. I used to live in Florida. It's a totally different humidity because I used to be able to keep a hairstyle in Florida. I can't keep one here. I just I just left the DMV and it was like seventy degrees. That was cool. We have a low of eighty four here. So <laughs> so cool is different than Central or Northern Florida. It's it's a whole different thing. A whole different beast. Yeah. Well, you know what type of party yeah. we be without having food. You know what I mean? So gotta have food at the party. So welcome, welcome to the party. Thank you, thank you. So you are. Uh, I was reading up on you, and you are an award-winning chef. And the fact that one of the things that stood out the most to me is that you had an award for uh, teacher of the year, trainee trainer of the year. So yes. That stood out to me because what that means to me is that you have not only a passion for this, but you have patience with it as well to be able to teach somebody how to cook because a lot of people who can't cook, I'm sure that you, like most of us would sit through those mistakes and be like, oh my God, like you didn't get this by now, like what's going on? So can you talk to us a little bit about that experience of you teaching people how to cook? Sure. I try to have patience. Uh... I'm sure there are a couple of the students that will think otherwise about that. <laughs> but after four plus decades in the, in the business, this is like me giving back, uh, helping train the next generation coming through. Because it was the early chef mentors that I had, you know, that helped guide me on the path of, you know, where I am now. So... You know, I want to explain the ins and outs to them, you know, of what this is all about. 
when I got into it, it was a it was a trade. Now being a chef has become glamorized, but there is a lot of hard work that goes into it. You're not going to just pop out of culinary school and bam, be on TV. So uh, you pretty much have to get into it because you have a passion for it. And that passion is what drives me to teach these kids on what's going on. So with that being said, you said it is, it's so glamorized. Um, my cousin is a chef and she says the same exact thing. So what what is it that, or what can you tell us for those who are looking to become a chef or just enter the culinary field, what can you tell people that, like what to expect when first starting this journey and then the first 10 years? Well, one, expect to work a lot of hours. Expect to stand a lot. Uh, this, isn't, this isn't an office job. Uh, we work in the kitchen. And, you know, kind of like where that old saying goes, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. You know, it can be stressful. It can be very tense at times. But if you are passionate about it, then you become a sponge and soak up all the information, everything that comes at you. And I try to tell people every year at the beginning, be prepared, take notes, because there will be a lot of information, you know, coming at you. So soak everything up and enjoy the ride. Bishop, you got a question? Yeah, I was actually thinking in my head, like when I was coming up, when I was little, I used to hear people down talk cooks and chefs and anybody who worked in the kitchen of any place, no matter what restaurant it was or whatever the case may be. But like you say, nowadays, it's all over TV. It's the thing to be is like, how do, how did you actually feel about that? I'm not sure if you ever experienced anything like that when it came to someone down talking cooks, but nowadays you see it being glorified. And how does that actually make you look, not make you look, but make you feel for how it looks now? Oh, well, I understand. You're you're correct about that. There are some people, you know, like I said, they just looked at it as, oh, you know, you're just slinging hash, you know, you're just a you know, short order or whatever. They're all different levels to the game. So depends on what you want to get out of it, how much effort you put into it. Uh, if you think about it, whenever there's a great moment that somebody wants to celebrate, what do you do? You go out to a restaurant to celebrate. You enjoy the meal. Um, even if you're at home, it's like when it comes to Thanksgiving, everybody wants to put forward the best dishes they can, but, you know, especially if it's potluck, everybody's bringing something. So inside, everybody realizes that, you know, there is, you know, respect for, for what we do. A lot of people try to copy some things that they see being done, but without a full understanding of how it's put together, you know, kind of come up short on it. So what I try to do is my, my approach to it is whether it's a burger or $50 steak, it should always taste good. You should always put the effort into making the best food possible. So, you know, that's, that's where we start. Build maximum flavor profiles on every level so that when somebody tastes something, it's like, wow, this is amazing. You know, that's, that's what I look for. Any, any, the summertime is coming up. So you have any type of, I know a lot of people that's watching in, in the comments right now use the grill 
on a day-to-day basis. Any type of a tip you can give them to outdo the next griller, because they be talking a lot of trash like they top flight. <laughs> before you, hold on, before you answer that question, I want to give a piggyback to that question. So that's going to be part one. And part two, it's funny that you okay. asked that. What is the okay. common, what is the most common misconception that people have when seasoning their food? So answer is and then go ahead and answer mine. <laughs> All right. I'll get to grilling and I'll talk about the other part. You know, with grilling, everybody has a passion for grilling. Everybody wants to, you know, if you're if you're a man in the grill, everybody's like, All right, stand back, let him do his thing. Okay. Uh I love grilling too. And even when I was in the DMV, I would grill 52 weeks, you know, out of the year. So November, December, when it's cold and snowing, people walking by, it's like, is that? Yes, I'm grilling. Yes, <laughs> I am. So grilling, personally, wood or charcoal, I'm not a fan of, you know, propane gas. Gas is for cars, boats, and planes. I like that flavor of wood and charcoal that it, you know, that it gives food. Now, on the flavor tip as we were talking, um, as I said, if you're going to make something, it should be good. It should have maximum flavor profiles, add flavor in every step of the process so that at the end, you come out with a great product. Uh, Take the name, for example, Chef Flavor. A lot of people apply that, you know, name to me, but it was was a term that I learned from one of my chef mentors before. Chef flavor is actually an an adjective that describes a style of cooking. Food that tastes so good that when you taste it, it's like, wow, a chef must have made this. So when we were preparing things, he'd always say, taste it, make sure it has chef flavor, you know, which means that you season every step of the go, every step, and make the adjustments. And so when I'm teaching people, it's like, taste your product. And they're going, mm, if you're thinking that it needs more, then yes, it needs more flavor. That's your, that's your cue. Everybody's taste buds are a little bit different. So you taste as you go along. And at the end, what you want is that wow factor. It's like, this is the best dish ever. Right, so what is the number one seasoning that you would never use? Me, MSG. <laughs> but my, uh, my, my spice cabinet is packed with a little bit of everything. So uh, personally, I like flavor, you know, bold flavors, intense flavors. So things that kind of stand out to you. Um, my favorites, besides my own personal spice blends, we'll get to that later. Uh, of course, Lowry seasoned salt is a staple in you know most people's kitchens. And being down here in South Florida, uh, body and complete seasoning is also really good. So is adobo seasoning. It has a little bit of those uh, Latin flavors, which are really great. Really gives a dish a pop. I love some, I love some adobo. I put that in almost yeah. everything. How everybody uses Lowry seasoning. I use adobo in almost everything. Garlic. I, I kick out the garlic powder and I'll use adobo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is, what are the, 
the two best things that somebody could do to get the perfect blend of sweet and savory. The perfect blend of sweet and savory. Uh, <clears throat> flavors kind of match up once you once you understand flavor profiles, how something tastes. Uh, then the compatibility compatibility factor works just like when you're putting together an outfit. You know what things go together. So when you understand the flavor profile of an ingredient, you know you can think, okay, this would go well with that. You know, like. Okay, saffron and vanilla, you know, could probably, you know, go together. And then, you know, there are some things that it's a definite clash. It's not going to work. So it works like that. Developing your flavor profile, your palate, and tasting different things and understanding what they are. I mean, like, I can take a bite of most any dish and tell what ingredients are in it. It was a show on the Food Network that did something like that. I forget what it was called. But I used to love that show. But they had to break down the dish, to and then you had to tell somebody how to make the dish by breaking it down and right. telling them what you tasted in the dish. Right. Interesting. Okay, so when you're actually in the kitchen, what is your favorite thing to make? And then what is your ritual in the kitchen? Like, you know how most chefs listen to music, or some will dance, or, you know, what is your thing in the kitchen? Um, music definitely helps to get a vibe going, you know, with things. Uh, you know, kind of gets you thinking and gets you relaxed with things. And as far as what I like personally, um, steak and seafood combination is always like, you know, a top winner. Other than that, it kind of depends on, depends on my mood. I'm pretty versatile with different types of cuisines. So one day I may wake up feeling, hmm, feel like doing something a little, uh, little Caribbean. Uh, one day a little Southwestern, a little Pacific Rim, you know, something a little Cajun. So it, you know, it all depends. So one, one quick question. Since you're down in, in Key West there, and I know you probably had it before you went down there. Have you ever put alligator on the grill? <laughs> um, I haven't grilled it, but I have cut it, made like uh, kind of like nuggets, uh, deep fried. And yeah, it's pretty good. And the other thing, you know, being down here in South Florida, they have no idea what mumbo sauce is. Mumbo sauce works good on gator bites, too. Gotcha. I ain't never tried that. I never had, okay. it. I never had it with mobile sauce, but I had it. <laughs> so you said the steak and seafood. So on that note, we're going to jump into this crab cake. So we got a video that we're about to show. So you guys just don't go nowhere. Uh, we'll be right back after this video. <laughs>
Okay, so what in the world made you come up with this flavor combination of these seasonings to say this crab cake right here is going to be made like this from now on? So get in and break it down to us how you came up with this crab cake. Oh, of course. Well, of course, you know, being from the DMV, Chesapeake area, we all know that crab cakes, it's jumbo lump crab from blue crabs, Old Bay. So, you know, as I've traveled around in different places, you know, and see crab cake on the menu, I'm like, oh, crab cake, let me try that. Especially if they say Chesapeake crab cake. And I'm looking at it, I break it down, and it's like, dude, this is not Chesapeake crab cake. Uh, they use anything from uh, claw meat, Jonah crab, peaky toe crab, everything except for, you know, like, you know, what we're used to as far as like a Chesapeake blue crab cake. So <clears throat> that was just to break it down. Use jumbo lump crab where you can see the nice big pieces in it. Um, use onions, celery, saute it, mix it with a little bit of mayo, eggs, mustard, obey, and just a little bit of panko, not a lot, because you don't want a lot of filler in it, but just enough to hold it together. Saute them nice, golden brown. You got that perfect crab cake that we all you know, know and love. No filler, no substitute. Is I feel like you know, Wendy Williams, her mouth always be watering. I swear. So I went and I bought some some lump crab meat just because I said I'm gonna take whatever he tells us tonight and I'm making some after the show tonight. So I'm gonna take a picture of it and I'm gonna show y'all. I'm gonna post it on the Party Mode Live page. Y'all not gonna be able to taste it because I'm gonna eat it all. But um, all right, but I'm you gotta take pictures all. of it. Yeah, I'm take pictures of it. I'm gonna definitely okay. take pictures. Let me see your fingers first. <laughs> make sure it's our tails on yeah, the pitch. We'll you sure. always do that. Mine are colorful. So I made I made tacos yesterday, and he swears me down that they weren't my tacos that I didn't make them. I did a fried catfish uh, taco with a mango salsa. It was so good. Okay. With a, uh, with Sounds a, good. Verde sauce, all from scratch. I was yeah. You made it all. Yeah. You made it, including the okay. sauce of verde salsa. Yes. Okay. While you was doing that, I made a chick called the dog dash. All right, all right. Pop quiz. What color was your salsa verde? It was like a lime green. Okay. <laughs> okay. She read that somewhere. Just making sure. She read that. You read red. And I, yeah, I had them jalapenos too. Oh my goodness. Right. What y'all not gonna do is come from my cooking just because I'm not chef flavor. Don't mean I don't cook with flavor. You so, might have had flavor, but you ain't no chef. <laughs> I never said I was a chef, but I'll have you eaten yeah. under the palm of my hand. So anyway, Chef Flavor, let's get into yeah. these these seasonings that you said that you have. You have a lot? Okay. <clears throat> um, I'm re-upping on it, but yes, I have six different flavors that I've put together. Uh, one is a vegetable seasoning. One for chicken and chops, a barbecue flavor, an island flavor, which is similar to jerk, uh, an international spice flavor, which kind of deals with the North African Ross El Hanout flavors, uh, 
and seafood. So uh, I will have more ready up soon. You know, any products that you're looking for, uh, hit me up at Chef Flavor and we'll have them sent right to you. So okay, so you, I, have, have I have a question from one of our listeners. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, Dean. Okay, how do I fix a mistake in the kitchen with seasoning? <laughs> Throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on what that mistake is. If you put too much salt on in it, it's kind of done with that. But, uh, you know, with other things, if you can, if you can add more volume to it, at you know, like if you're making vegetables and it's, you know, get a little more salt. If you add more vegetables, kind of give it something to stretch out to. But that's why you know the tasting process is as you go. You know, so you you add a little flavor, you taste it, see where it is. If it needs more, then you add more. It's, you know, you do it by levels, taking your time. And, and throw the rest of it in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you burn it, it's done. If you burn it, it's not Caucasian. <laughs> true, true. It's called, it's called burnt. It's called, it's called burnt. <laughs> so look, when you like think about how when you first started out cooking and you would invite people over, whether it was for the grill or just to just cooking in the kitchen. Versus yeah. now, when you invite people over, you cook on the grill or in the kitchen. Did you try back then when you first started mostly to try to impress them on your cooking? Or now, which is more you laid back and you just like, they should know by now? Um, the experimental thing came as, you know, when I was a kid, you know, working with my, with my mother and grandmother in the kitchen. Uh, you know, like, okay, what happened if I add a little of this? What if I add a little of that? And, you know, as we come on, you know, it's like, you know, all throughout culinary school, my family was like, you know, the guinea pigs. It's like, hey, guess what I learned? And it's like, you know, make it at home, try it out some new things. It's like, what do you think? And, you know, just, you know, through the progression, now, you know, if I have a dinner party or, you know, guests come over for, you know, dinner, barbecue, or whatever. Um, you know, still, it's all, it's always making, you know, the best thing that I can. And for me, it's kind of like uh, guest satisfaction is like uh, an actor's applause. So when people enjoy a meal that I've done, you know, for them, that means a lot to me. And... One thing that I find truly amazing and truly humbling is there are people that I've made a meal for, a dinner for, years ago, and they will still talk about it down to the last detail. Um, you know, I to me that, that really touches me. It's like it's very it's like wow, you you remember that? And yeah, people still talk about that. Uh, I'm confident in, I'm confident in my skills, you know, so like when I did the tasting for, you know, for Henry, I pretty much knew that they would like, you know, what I presented to them, you know, uh, my tastings generally will close the deal, 
Uh, so, you know, I, I always put my best foot forward, you know, to feel proud about what I do. So in return, when the guests show that love back, it's like, wow, thank you, you know? So when, when, when teaching the class, and you basically, you're teaching in the way that you cook, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> How does that feel to have a whole class learning your style, and then they go out to the world and cook the way that you, you get what I'm saying? Well, like you lay the foundation, so to speak. Well, what I'm doing is the same thing that was done to me. I am giving them the basics. I am giving them the okay. basic tools to work with, and then they can go and create. Not necessarily, you know, do what I do, but at least with the same understanding and approaching food. So sometimes in working with them, you know, there's uh, there's a little difficulty sometimes with, you know, them being young and some being immature. Some really grasp it and some, you know, really go. I've had some students that, you know, have done great success, graduated from Culinary Institute of America, from Johnson and Wales, from Daytona State College, you know. So people are doing really good things that they stay in touch and, you know, keep up with, let me know with, you know, what they're doing. So is everyone gonna be a great cook? No. But for some, at least they will learn a basic life skill where they can take care of themselves, you know, impress their boyfriend or girlfriend or impress their family. And if they want to pursue this pathway, then my job is to give them all the tools that they need to succeed. Gotcha. Okay, so I have a question. <clears throat> Along with the yes. story, don't laugh at me because, okay. as a matter of fact, you can laugh because it's funny. It's really funny. I got laughed out for this. So I came home one day, I wanted salmon cakes, right? So I'm in the kitchen, I'm preparing the salmon, you know, to make my salmon cakes and everything. And I'm in the sink and I'm struggling. And my mom comes in and she's like, I thought you would have, you know, at least had them done by now. I said, I'm still skinning this salmon. I didn't know the salmon cakes were made from canned salmon. <laughs> so my tail is in the kitchen skinning the salmon so I can make fresh salmon for the salmon cakes. What is a tip well, that you can give me? to make skinning a salmon easier because the taste difference of a fresh salmon versus a can, I will never go back to a can, ever. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I'm not gonna laugh at, at you about that because as I remember learning to make uh, salmon cake chips, it was that canned salmon. And then I realized how much better the product comes out in using fresh salmon, you know, that you grill or whatever and use. So, uh, Nothing wrong with that at all. Now, as far as getting the as far as getting the skin off, you know, you one or two ways. You can either skin it before, you always have to have a sharp knife. Uh, that's the key to most things. A lot of injuries where people cut themselves happens with a dull knife because you start applying more pressure and the knife or the object slips and that's where a lot of cuts happen. But Lay a fish flat uh, on your board, start at the tail end and angle the knife under the skin and the flesh and work it back and forth, pull the skin through 
and you know get it off beforehand. Or if you you can cook the whole salmon with the skin on, and then the skin is also pretty easy to peel off once it's cooked too. So all of my friends who are watching that laughed at me for being salmon, for fresh salmon, I mean salmon case from fresh salmon, uh, Chef Flavor just okayed my fresh salmon cake, so boom. It was more for laughing at oh, tell, tell them you just stepped your game up on that. Mm. Mm. Oh, them things are nope. bomb, too. My whole family said we're not going back to can salmon either, because like I said, I had no idea that it was even a such thing as canned salmon. I didn't know that that's where everybody was making it from. Don't look at me like that, Bishop. I swear. You, I you thought ain't got no black using fresh salmon. So you ain't got no black friends, is what you saying? <laughs> you is lying, I, I didn't know. No, I didn't. All I said was I didn't know that it was that joint be, be having a whole spine in the can. You. It do. It grossed me out. Like after you went to the store and bought the canned salmon, and I opened it up, and I was just like, "This is disgusting!" Like, ew. And I threw it in, and I just cut the salmon up because I was like, "Yeah." That's what I stopped using. Like, Paul was like, "Oh, it's fine. You can eat the bones." It's like, I don't know. I'm just, just take the. Let me take the skin off of this. I don't care if it take me thirty minutes to get it off. I'm gonna take the skin off of this and. Fresh salmon for these salmon cakes. Okay, so last thing, where can everybody find you on social media? On social media, uh, Chef Flavor at Chef Flavor uh, on my on most sites. There's only one. There may be a flavor chef. There may be a flavor, but there is <laughs> only one Chef Flavor. Do you have a website as well? Yes, uh, the website is under work, but you can find the you can find a link to the website uh, on Facebook at Chef Signature Flavor, and you can find all you know the rest of the info there. Uh, link to spices, events. Uh, I also have some more cooking videos that will be coming up soon. I'm just seeing way too many crappy food videos, you know, out. So it's like, okay, let's show how some of these things are really done. So do you have any events up here in the DMV that are coming up that we could possibly attend to take some of your food? Uh, nothing at the moment. Hopefully when, you know, this whole COVID mess clears up, you know, we can, you know, get some things going. You know, I still have... Uh, you know, friends up there, and hopefully we can get together and connect. Rock, hit me up, bro. <laughs> Until then, I'll be getting some seasonings. I got one thing All to right. say, Chef. One thing ahead, to say, bro. Chef. What's that? When I come down there, <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to make my my famous poker beans and hot dogs. I'm going to show you that. It's only I'm a, I'm a master I'm a master at that. Just letting you know. Okay. What's the name again, Rick? Poke beans and hot dog. Poke beans. Poke beans. <laughs> hot dog. No sardines with that. Nah. nah. Poke beans and hot dog. Sardines. No sardines. Poke beans. All right, Chef. Do you have any shout outs that you want to give before we let you go? 
Um, everybody in the you know DMV haven't forgotten about you. Everybody in SoFlo. Anytime you guys come down, you know, uh, a little bit beyond uh, LeBron taking his talents to South Beach. I'm just south of South Beach. <laughs> but uh, any questions, you know, hit me up at Chef Flavor and. Hope everybody has a you know a great time and remember, it's all about the flavor. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, you guys have officially witnessed the Chef Flavor on Party Mode Live, yes, and sir. he has officially became a Party Mode Live crew member. So we are the party before the party, powered by GoGo TV, and we thank you so much, Chef Flavor, for stopping through and chilling and partying with us. Because um, I'm a I'm gonna make them crab cakes tonight, and I can't wait to take these pictures. So hopefully, mine yeah, come out looking like awesome. yours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wait a minute. let's go. Let's rock out for a minute. And when we come back, we got Bishop King with the moment of truth, y'all. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back.